Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I'm going to be talking about the Federal Reserve um, tightening policy or uh, the change in monetary policy and some of the things that have been going on with the market. So, first of all, I'm going to. Janet Yellen is the Federal Reserve Chairman, and they made a decision uh, early this week to actually raise rates. And because of that, they um, have ended their, their um, QE policy relative to the Lehman crash. All right, so let's start with, let's start with um, the volatility index. Now, the volatility index here is a measure of uh, risk that's being built up in the S&P 500. And you can see that as of this recording, it's been printed. This is a date, this is a minute chart. So I should really show maybe a day chart here. Okay, so it printed, it closed at around uh, 20.7 uh, it, it, relative calm is around 15 um, or lower now so risk is a little bit more elevated but it's not not that bad this right here this big spike in it was roughly around August this was the taint taper tantrum that took place and the big sell-off in the market um, and that went up to 53.29 and then steadily declined and then started to peak up. Then the release of the, of the, um, Federal Reserve policy, but it spiked around 27 or so and then came back down. So risk is somewhat elevated but seems to be abated there these candles the size of the candles over in this area um, are larger compared to previous candles so that means there's more volatility in the market so i'm going to give you just kind of a rough theory of mine and then we'll go into the data now my theory is is that <clears throat> typically bonds will sell and equities will go up. They're inversely related. And over time, that, in, that, that correlation changes, right? So it's not constant. But they, um, but when you're changing a regime, a moni monetary policy regime, that you might get actually positive correlation uh, with asset classes that may trade negatively correlated. So the thought was that because the Federal Reserve was going to do this new regime and tighten monetary policy and extinguish some of the, the money that was out there that helped stimulate the economy by selling off bonds that 
you would push down the bond market because there'd be more bonds in the, in the market. And because of borrowing costs at the broker level, that would do sell-off in the equity market. So that's part of the reason why you'd have the higher volatility in the VIX during the announcement because there was a, a, a sell-off in the, in the beginning of it. Now, just to show what I'm saying here, Okay, this is the SPY of the S&P 500. Now, this is when we had this, the spike. Right here is when we had this. Right here is when we had the spike for the the big sell-off in the in the market when the VIX was at 53 or so, and then it started to. There was a lot of undulations with the market going up and then going back down and then it seems to be you know a rally started around early October or so and then then it mean reverted and then it's kind of been somewhat flat but when the announcement took place there was a big sell-off and then you know it went up it went down you know so there was a lot of volatility in that day and then there was some a couple day rally and then all of a sudden there was you know some major sell off so we've had you know 150 300 point sell offs lately in the market now when something changes that day you may not necessarily get the coherence of all the asset classes uh, trading with their normal correlation right away. But what happens is, is there's like a harmonic dissipation. There's a harmonic um, that starts to go back into rhythm after an event. It may take several days or weeks, but after that event takes place, then it goes back into a normal rhythm. Um, we call it harmonic oscillation or harmonic dissipation. And once that happens, then you'll start seeing the positive and negatively correlated assets going in line with each other. So these big candles, these big candles that are selling off or, or, or rallying, what's happening is, is that there's an uptick in, in volatility and... Um, there's there's more chaos. There's 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 a, an element of um, you know if you take a big boulder and you throw it into the water, there's these big splashes that go up and down, going up and down. But over time, they they dissipate, right? And then you, then there's a, a more calm pool of water. So this is what we're hap, hap, what's happening right now is is that we have these. volatility this volatility increase because of the, the move from the federal reserve and you'll have these big candles at the s p 500 and you'll see the the volatility go up and down um as an index now when you look at the treasury market which most people are looking at when the federal reserve 
adjust rates, they're adjusting the front of the curve. So you have a yield curve, but it propagates throughout the propagates throughout the curve, the uh, yield curve, and you'll see um, longer duration bonds actually moving up. So a lot of traders they look at the ten year. Um, sometimes they look at the spread, the five-year spread to the ten-year spread, or the two-year to the five-year. I mean, if you want to get really sophisticated in terms of bonds, you can look at different sections of the yield curve. But um, I usually look at the ten-year. But at times I look at LIBOR also, and um, so if we look at the Ten-year. Treasury note. Ten-year Treasury note index. That must have been a misprint. the 10-year volatility index. Uh, here's a good example. So there's a volatility index for the 10-year and you can see it's relatively around, you know, it goes from anywhere from 5 to 8, sometimes it spikes. When the Fed announcement took place, it actually sp spiked to 52 for the 10-year volatility. This is the 10-year Treasury index uh, daily chart, and the so the big sell-off in the market around August, around August, also was a sell-off in the Treasury market. So there was that one sign, okay, Federal Reserve is going to start getting closer to raising rates. And there was the sell-off of the bond market and the sell-off in the equity market, which fell in line with the theory. Okay, now the Treasury market, they didn't raise, and then the Treasury market started rallying, and then it started to fall again in, in October, and then rallied again, and then it somewhat flattened out. Now, when the actual announcement took place, the Treasury market um, was volatile. It went up and down. And then the Treasury market in the last few days have been, has been going down with positive correlation with the, the market. So it seems as though that in terms of chaos theory, that the positive correlation of these assets of equities and bonds is somewhat incoherence where they're both selling off at the same time and yield rates are starting to go up we have already the banks have already announced they're raised the prime rate for borrowing um, based on the quarter point increase from the federal reserve 
and over time we'll start to see selling off of the bond market and I think after the, the capitulation starts the actual rallying of the equity market but this may take two three weeks maybe a month or so um, before we actually start having another bull market in the equities that does not mean that there's going to be a major sell-off in the 10-year um, nor does it mean that we're going to see major major uh, disruptions in the bond market but we could but I'm thinking that the yield curve um, is there's a little bit of a twist and an, uh, a, a parallel offset so the yield curve is going up but the front of the curve is going to be moving up more than back of the curve so the 30 year will move up a little bit but it's going to be somewhat more stable the 10 year will be less stable than the 30 year but more stable in terms of change in rate than the front of the curve so most of this movement is going to be in the front of the curve and um, <clears throat> when people do capital projects or do um, you know look out for their three or five year plan they're discounting um, their borrowing costs for the project so a lot of caught a lot of costs are looked at in terms of five five years or three years so those uh, those discount rates would be important to look at but they're not going to move it as much as the rate of the one-year bond um, treasury note or or you know uh, changes in the, the CD rate now when people are borrowing for property usually they're doing a 15-year mortgage 30-year mortgage um, adjustable rate mortgage so those situations um, may affect a person's borrowing capability or decision. So borrowing for the interest rate, the, the borrowing for a mortgage will increase. Um, and borrowing costs will go, go up. But with just a quarter point increase every other month or every third month I don't think is really going to make or break um, actual borrowing in the in the uh, for the residential or commercial markets I think what's going to be more important is the actual um, feasibility of a project or the ability to, you know, they, they feel confident that one can pay for the next 15 years. I think it's more of a confidence level than really um, the level of interest rates. And that goes back to what Larry Summers has been saying about actually secular stagnation. 
that there there's still seems that the animal spirit in the economy doesn't seem to be there um this is what he this is what larry summers is is professing and that um it'll get harder and harder to actually get out of this zero bound um, rate now the japanese have tried this they've tried to get out of zero bound interest rates for a while and they haven't been able to um, I'm reading a, I'm starting a book by Richard Weiner, I think it is. Uh, and he's kind of an expert of the yen and, uh, the minister, the ministry of finance and the BOJ. And he, he has done lectures and, and videos of, uh, about the, the rise and fall of the Japanese economy. So I, I wanted to read that and get a little bit more idea of what were some of the reasons why the BOJ could not get out of zero bound policy. Now, was it because the Japanese economy didn't have uh, enough critical mass to be able to do it? Did, was it had something to do with political uh, will to, to do this? I'm not sure, but United States trying to get out of zero bound policy. So in terms of size of economies, um, assuming that you need enough critical mass to do it, the experiment with the Federal Reserve is a good t t uh, test case. Another good t test case in terms of um, if it's really size of economy that, that helps it out is uh, a smaller economy from the, the from the English, from the United Kingdom, but the integration of the, the BOE into the world economy is pretty vast. So it may be a combination of integration of, of monetary policy within the world economy and the critical mass of the country. If it's both, then I would think that the the, B, the BOE would have a harder time to get out of zero bound than the United States because of the, the vastness of the economy of the United States. So it's interesting what's going on. We don't know if we can actually get out of zero bound and we may actually go into a relapse and uh, hold off on interest rates or actually go back down. So maybe what, what's happening is, is that the Federal Reserve is raising rates steady, um, but at, at a you know, at a moderate pace um, to try to heal its way out of zero bound. And then when another recession does come, which it will, they'll have the capability to actually lower rates and, and help the economy. This is the reason why it's so important to actually get the rates, the borrowing rates up, the, the federal fund, funds rate up, because when the next recession does happen they have the capability to move it down when you're at zero bound and you have a recession then you have to go into these exotic um, quantitative easing regimes where you're actually buying assets in the market to prevent them from from falling and that that from a philosophical point of view or a political economic point of view is more of a collectivism or a, or a socialization of, of, of assets which um, is antithetical to free markets so we're in this experiment now and it, it's going to be interesting how it unfolds in the next few years now 
the idea is that we're going to be at full employment. The goal is full employment, which uh, is around 5%, and a, a 2 to 2.5% inflation target. So if those start to falter, then the Federal Reserve may be on hold for, for a while or may actually relapse into quantitative easing again. But we don't know yet. So that's... Uh, what the market was doing, and what I think is going to happen in, in the long term, next year or so, is, is that the, the bond market will, will start to sell off and the equity market will start to rise because people want to put the money into equities instead of the bonds. What's interesting is the baby boom generation, more and more of them will start to need fixed income. They're going to take less less risk assets they're going to take uh, risky assets out of the market and put them more in safe safe havens and that's going to bolster up the the mutual fund bond market and they're probably going to be the major buyers of, of of these bonds so as the bond market starts to sell off it opens up opportunity uh, value investors in the bond market to come in and snatch up uh, those bonds um, to get the higher yield the coupon yield. Now, when they do that, it's going to uh, be a support force for the bond market, um, so the sell-off won't be as, as, as great. So because of the demographic of the baby boom generation in the United States, it actually may stabilize the, the bond market. Um, and when that, when that does happen, the thought would be, well, the actual higher yield corporate debt uh, would be somewhat stabilized. Um, maybe not, may, maybe what will happen is as the Federal Reserve raises rates, the higher yield, um, uh, the higher yield corporate debt or the more of the junk, the junk bonds may actually start to default and then we might start to have problems. But if they do start to default, then that's probably going to be a mechanism where the, the the bond, the bond market actually, at the treasury level, uh, is supported because there's a fear of of the equity market actually selling off, and then there's a bolstering of the bond market, and then we may relapse into quantitative easing again. We just don't know. It's going to be interesting how how the Federal Reserve policy of raising rates will diffuse into the economy without hurting it. Um, it's, it's an interesting experiment that's, that's taking place that I don't believe has ever happened before, at least in modern history. Um, now, so my, my take and my, my look at the market is pretty much that there will be a, a shift in the yield curve more on the front of the yield curve than the back of the yield curve. It will raise borrowing costs for uh, residential and commercial loans. It will raise borrowing costs for commercial paper uh, um, and you know corporate high yield debt. But I think it's gonna be somewhat abated because the baby boom generation going into the bond funds and these bond fund managers are going to need to deploy that money 
and by doing that, they're going to be actually supporting the bond market. And, but the non-baby boomers are going to be more risk-taking and they're going to actually um, raise the economy. So when interest rates start to go up, money starts to flow into equities. That's typically what happens historically. So I think there's this is another reason to think that, that we're going to go into another bull market. But I do think that there's going to be more of a sell-off in the, in the near term before the, this rally that takes place. Um, me, the S&P 500 may go below 1900 um, and then the rally starts. Uh, may go to 1850 or so, who knows. But I think there'll be a lot of volatility, sell off in the equity market, uh, up and down in the bond market, and then all of a sudden the bond market stabilizes because of the baby boomers taking less risk and putting it into risk-averse assets. The mutual funds are actually supporting the different bond markets that there are out there. They may be selling off a little bit in, in, in certain sectors, but it somewhat stabilizes and that the sell-off in the bond market is not as great as the increase in the equity market. So it's, it's less negatively correlated. Um, it'll be somewhat stabilized. That's the theory. Now, <clears throat> when the equity market starts to rise, um, we'll you know, reach newer highs and, and, and uh, the economy will grow. And, and if that's the case, then we have successfully gotten out of zero-bound monetary policy as the, the, the Federal Reserve, you know, gets to that 2.5% federal funds rate target, um, let alone the inflation rate of 2% or 2.5%. Um, now, in terms of currency, just to be quick on this, uh, I've been looking at charts that are that are day charts here, and uh, since the announcement, the dollar has been rallying uh, somewhat uh, consistently relative to the pound, and looks as though it will continue. The pound is now at 1.488 um, to the U.S. dollar, so the U.S. dollar is gaining. It's possible that uh, a new test of maybe around 1.45 for the dollar is in, in, in the cards here. So I think the dollar will continue to rally for a while when this is starting to, to move up. But it also depends on what happens with the the European Union. Now, in terms of the pound to the yen, the pound has drastically um, increased in the hour chart.
So on the hour chart for the or for the the day chart, the the pound yen has really gone down. It's around it's roughly around eighty point six. So the pound yen, the yen's actually gaining versus the pound. So that shows more fear in the market as an indicator in the in the equity market. Another one is looking at the Swiss. And the Swiss relative to the USD. And their day chart is around 0.99. And for the last month or so, it's been strengthening, but somewhat stabilized since the news announcement. So it's hovering, it's just below the one, just below parity. Um, and it's been below parity for a good year or so, almost a year. There was a little bit of a tick up above parity in February, March time frame, around March, 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 April time frame, and then came back down. So it looks somewhat stabilized from a Swiss point of view. And then the USD, the US, uh, the Euro USD is this chart here, and you can see that that uh, it's at one point oh eight. So since the announcement, the euro has actually weakened and the dollar has strengthened. So it looks as though, at least for the near term, the dollar is going to continue to strengthen. There seems to be stress for the yen, and the yen um, relative to the pound is going to continue to strengthen. And the yen to the USD. I don't think I have that chart here. USD to Japanese yen. Actually, uh, yesterday, the last print on Friday was at 121 and it almost there's a big there was a big increase for the yen the last trading day but since the news announcement the actual USD has been rallying more than the than the yen so um, it looks like we we're going through some chaotic times but I think the trend the short term will be yen uh, I'm sorry the the pound will the pound, the yen, and the Swiss will somewhat, with different rates, will somewhat be depreciated and the USD will appreciate in the short term.
the bond market will sell off but somewhat stabilize and it won't be as much of a sell-off as the equity increase and the and the equity market will be up and down up and down up and down until we get to the, about the maybe 1900 range or maybe a little bit lower and then they'll steadily start to climb and we'll we'll I think there's gonna be a lot of chaoticness that, that goes on for the next month or so and then the rally I don't think there's gonna be a major major sell-off I think that the Federal Reserve will will um, will backstop if that happens but if it does happen then we're going we're not getting out of zero bound and that's that's another set of issues but um it's going to be interesting we're in this kind of chaotic situation that's why i wanted to do the video because of the chaotic aspect to the market as the federal reserve goes into tightening policy how it's affecting the the bond market the equity market and the currency market and I think some investors actually said that because the the in the international markets have been so suppressed for the last year or so that it may actually make sense to start thinking about it in terms of value buying to buy up equities in in the international markets uh, that might actually be a good idea um, but there needs to be a little bit more sign that they're they're starting to go into more of a growth mode and equity um, prices start to increase commodity prices start to increase um, it might be a little bit too early to see if this happens but uh, I think that's my kind of take on the market and uh, and the the federal policy that has just taken place in the last last week or so. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.